Welcome, everyone, to Moms Talk Autism. We are getting close to the end of our grief series. Um, this is one of my favorite weeks. We've had some kind of tougher <laughs> subjects uh, the last couple of weeks with the grief series. And today we are going to be talking about acceptance. When you become a mom, you never imagine your child getting an autism diagnosis. It feels like your dreams have shattered, like a framed photograph falling off your mantle, exploding into a thousand pieces. But instead of trying to glue those pieces back together, this community of moms is here to help you build a new dream, a better one. So join in the conversation as us moms talk autism. Okay, so acceptance. When you hear the word acceptance, what do you girls think of? I'll go first. I'll tell you what I think of. Oh, God. I think of The Bachelor and Will You Accept This Rose? That's the first thing that comes to my head. <laughs> and I can't get it out. And so I'm just going to say it. It's like a it's like a song. You just need to like play it once and then maybe it'll go away. Because otherwise, I'm just going to be thinking about The Bachelor the whole time we're on this episode. It's the most dramatic rose ceremony <laughs> there ever was. Ever was. Ever. Most dramatic every week. Oh my gosh, I'm dying. I don't know what to say to that. I don't even know how to follow Mm -hmm. that either. Like, Mm -hmm. I I don't, Mm -hmm. I don't. And we're done. Thank you. Have a lovely day. Yes. Acceptance. Thanks for acceptance. No, but by why those, by why those other previous um, topics in grief, those Mm -hmm. compartments of grief are hard. It's all acceptance is also hard because it's about arriving it yeah. to it. To and that, yes. Arriving there again and again and, and, again, and, again, and again. Yeah. And again. For sure. It is. For sure. It's true. Yeah. I'm gonna read something about that. All right. This will get you guys in the right mindset and out of <laughs> the bachelor gutter. <laughs> okay. <clears throat> no no shade on bachelor. I've watched many a season. We okay. all have our guilty pleasures. Correct. Correct. Okay. Acceptance is often confused with the notion of being all right or okay with what has happened. This is not the case. Most people do not ever feel okay or all right about their grief. The stage is about accepting the reality that whatever has happened in this case, you know, an autism diagnosis or special needs, you know, child or whatever insert here. Um, it's, it's recognizing that this is a new reality and it is a permanent reality. We will never like this reality or make it okay necessarily, but eventually we will accept it. We will learn to live with it. It is the new norm for which we must l- learn to live. We must try to live now in a world where this is part of our lives. In resisting this new normal, at first many people want to maintain life as it was before. In time, though, through bits and pieces of acceptance, we see, and that's what Jean was talking about, the going back again and again and again, we see that we cannot maintain the past um, completely. It has been forever changed and we must readjust. We must learn to recognize roles, reassign them to others, or take them on ourselves. Finding acceptance may be just having more good days than bad ones. And sometimes that is the case. I agree with that. As we begin to live again and enjoy our life um, through, after we've worked through some of these stages of grief, we often feel that in doing so, we are maybe betraying our old life or we feel guilt about it. 
again, and you're, you know, kind of back at the beginning of, of the grief cycle. Um, but we can never, um, we can never replace what has been or go back to our old, old life, but we can make new connections, new meaningful relationships and new interdependencies. Instead of denying our feelings, we listen to our needs. We move, we change, we grow, we evolve. We may start to reach out to others and become involved in their lives. Hello, moms talk autism, right? (laughs) We invest in our friendships and in our relationships with ourselves, in our relationship with ourselves, sorry. Um, We begin to live again, but we cannot do so until we have given grief its time. So any thoughts about that? Yes, I did not write that, by the way. I I cannot claim claim that <laughs> authorship of that. Um, but um, I thought that was kind of a good synopsis, a good place to start off. Yes. No, it's a so, great synopsis because in essence, it's about your new life is going to cost you your old life. And right. um, coming and arriving to acceptance, and I just kind of was confronted with it this morning um, before even jumping on here with with you all realizing those little sticky fragments, those little things I was still attached to. And there was, it's minutiae, right? Like it's not even, it really shouldn't matter, but it, but I made it matter and doesn't realize that I was making it matter. Right. Um, you know, before my son, before Roy was diagnosed and, you know, he's getting, you know, you plan, their life, their rooms, you know, their nursery and all the things that are going to be in it. Right. Well, one of them was a metal piggy bank. And then he was gifted a really nice piggy bank from a very special friend of ours. That is a Tiffany's piggy bank. Okay. But these are kept up high and I've kept them out of his reach and away from him. But now he is, it's a new, new focal point as of today. And I got anxious and panicked and I was immediately like, these things can't break. Like these things, I can't lose these things. Or like this, these things are important. I just, or one of the other people around me to at least to like, to try to preserve that. Can we just preserve that? You know, not realizing that I'm going to have to probably store them away somewhere if I want to keep them. Um, We've, you know, wrote it out and kept it out for now and it's worked and now it's not working. But I was so part of my anxiety, my mood swing, my reaction, my frustration, my anger and all that stuff just around piggy banks. (laughs) Um, Now, mind you, a lot of other things have broken recently too. So that also was built up in there. But you're finding yourself having to accept losing those things and or trying to fix them and the energy that takes. And that is like a new level of acceptance. It's a new way that your, your space is filled with your day that are unexpected, unanticipated things. And it's literally because mainly because Rory's, you know, impulses and needs or stims and, you know, and all these little things that, that impact our lives. So it's like, it is, you know, I find myself revisiting it. And so it also reminds me of like why I was also prepping crafts, you know, and you take 
recycled things or you take labels off of something and that you have remnants of, of the adhesive. That's what I feel like acceptance is. It's like, Mm. you know, when you, you are slowly getting all of the little pieces of adhesive off with like however many scrubs, washes, soaks, goo gone, whatever, mm-hmm. you know, um, until you have a new shiny bottle that is now free of all of those attachments that you had, because essentially that is what a lot of our grief is. It's, you know, is our attachment our attachments to those things, mm-hmm. items, people, persons, moments, feelings, ideas, whatever. Um, it really just smacked me in the face this morning. And I was like, you're being a psychopath about piggy bank. <laughs> I think you know, it, go ahead. Go ahead. <laughs> jinx, double jinx. Um, I think it's interesting, Jean, that you that you bring that up because, you know, we're moving into the new house now. And in June, while I was packing things and purging things and organizing things, pictures were coming up on my time hop of Gracie's nursery, right? You know, those perfect nursery photos before they're born and everything is in the perfect place and the crib is made and the wall is painted and the come home outfit is laid out on the crib mattress and the perfect, you know. You guys know, like the staged photos and these grand ideas of this beautiful room that Gracie basically proceeded to trash (laughs) as she got Mm -hmm. older and older Mm -hmm. and decided that her built-in in her closet was for climbing and her, you know, shelves on the wall were handrails. And um, it's, it's just interesting because as that slowly happened in that bedroom, I had a whole different mindset for the new bedroom and Gracie's new bedroom is 100% fully functional. And I was actually going to get on the Instagram page and kind of talk about that later. Whereas, you know, that first room, it was all about what it's supposed to look like and how beautiful it's supposed to be. And now you walk into her bedroom and it's a hundred percent nothing like the first. There's a sensory swing hanging from the center of her room. There's a climbing wall. There's a crash pad on the middle of the floor, which like the type A organized part of me just wants to crawl into die. a hole and die, you know, when I die see it. Inside. But but like, ask me what room Gracie has spent the most time in, like, while we're transitioning into this new house, and it has been her bedroom because we've now made it for her, right? Instead of for the idea of the way she is supposed to be. Um, and I think that I is that. another way, you know, that we have started just learning to accept her as as she is, right? Mm-hmm. And then I don't have to worry about all those beautiful things breaking because there's literally nothing in there <laughs> that, she can, <laughs> that she can break that would make me cry. <laughs> yeah. Mm-hmm. I love that. Yeah. That's a great analogy. All right. So let's, let's wind back the clock a little bit. And ladies, think about when you first got that diagnosis and when you were beginning your autism journey with your family and your child and is there a pivotal moment where you felt acceptance, like you could identify it as I, I have accepted this. I, I have, I have agreed to this new life. I mean, I don't know, agreed is the right word, but, but you're willing to move forward, right? You're not, maybe you're, 
you could find yourself, you've gone through these certain stages of grief, whatever they are in whatever order they are, and you're at a level of some kind of peace, calm, acceptance, whatever you want to call it. That first time that happened, um, can, can anyone recall that? I know it's kind of hard and it doesn't always necessarily come as an event. Like that's, that's, I guess my point, was it an event for you or was it more of a subtle change? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I think yeah. for me, it was a series of little moments. I don't think it okay. was ever one, one, you know, one big moment. I mm-hmm. will say that going through this with Gracie has really taught me to speed up my, I'm trying to think of a way to say this that's not explicit. <laughs> <laughs> oh, my, I'm intrigued. My zero Fs given um, oh. yeah, mentality. Like she has really... sped that up to the point where now if you can't handle my child climbing or if you can't handle that she's going to put things in her mouth like right you can kick rocks and don't hang out with us yeah Mm -hmm. it might be too that you're getting close to 40 that's yeah yeah well i mean i got pretty good at that at 30 i keep telling maya my 16 year old like i wish i could i wish i could speed you up to where like because you know at 16 you care so much about what other people everything and Mm -hmm. i'm like my goal in life is to get you to that point like before i got there you're mm -hmm. yeah because i care Mm -hmm. too much um But yeah, I mean, I think it's just a series of little moments. And I think it's hard because I think all of us are sort of, we've been in this for a little bit. different. Oh, you know, yeah. like mm-hmm. none of us are brand new diagnosed. Um, so yeah. it's hard so just like, like, just like Jean was saying, you know, though, with the, with the piggy bank thing this morning, there's still that level. And obviously we talk about this you know, that it's not, that these stages are not linear and that there's going to forever be that, um, you know, anger or acceptance or depression or whatever in, mm-hmm. in for the rest of their lives, for the rest of our lives here on this earth with them. Um, but it's a cycle that keeps coming mm-hmm. back. Yeah. Yeah. You know, and, 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 and sometimes it's the tiniest things, you know, like, like Jean said with the piggy banks this morning, realizing like, okay, you know, like, let, mm-hmm. I, I gotta let this go. Like, you know, this is part of, of, of that. Um, I would say f- like for Tyler and I, actually, I shouldn't say Tyler for myself, um, like sitting in the office with Jack's pediatrician and him finally saying the words, you know, even though I had this feeling beforehand and, um, I had, um, kind of danced with the idea a little bit. Um, but I think hearing the words at that point is when I really, you know, was like, okay, this, Mm -hmm. this is, you know, and, and, and there wasn't even a formal diagnosis yet. We had, you know, we're just starting, um, the process, but then I think kind of that second portion of acceptance for me was when, um, we had started going the route to get, you know, he was on, Jack was on the, um, testing for the different hospitals and, um, he was now in different therapies and, uh, you know, one of the therapists saying, I definitely think that you should get him into the school district, get tested, you know, for the early intervention program. Um, and that was kind of my next, uh, portion of acceptance because doing the testing with the school, it was very clear to me and it was very clear to them. Um, you know, and then four, no, six months later we had a diagnosis. 
from, you know, a formal diagnosis. So um, by the time we had the formal diagnosis, it wasn't, it was already beyond accepted. You Mm -hmm. know, it was just, this is our, this is our life. Mm -hmm. And now it's just tied up in a nice, you know, neat package. Yeah. So my, my friend um, recently during, during the pandemic, she used her, her COVID time very wisely. And she went on a, a health journey, um, a very positive one uh, for her. And it's great inspiration for me and for many of us. I'm sure there's others out there who did this as well. And she really, um, you know, started exercising and clean up her eating, did all these things. And she was showing me one day, I I asked her to, you know, show me, show me what you're doing. Like, I'm just very intrigued by this. I want to see if this would work for me. And so she, I went over to her house and she's showing me all the different things she's doing and the protein shake stuff and blah, 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 blah. And I turned to her at one point because where she is now and where I am now were are very, very different. I was like, how how on earth do you do this every day? This is a lot, you know? And she just looked at me, complete straight face, like com- just like deadpan. She goes, this is my life now. <laughs> and I was, that's kind of like, I think she that just she, accepted. She's accepted. <laughs> this is what I'm going to do now. You mm-hmm. know what? And it, and, it, and it's worth it to her to do it that way. And that's fabulous. And she's doing great. So anyway, it was just, I, I, that was very profound to me. And I took that statement and that acceptance and that, that just, you know, level of calm that she had there. And I was like, I, should apply that to other situations in my life, mm-hmm. not just food and health journey, but just this is my life now, you know, um, there's a level of peace and calm that comes with that. Um, I wanted to read a little something, something. Brittany always um, finds the best quotes, doesn't she? <laughs> I do. I just, After I just you read love this. So there's much. two things I want to remark on. Mm. Oh, the, yeah, about and I, what we just talked about. Mm-hmm. Do you want to go first? Go ahead. Oh, okay. I'll find because I didn't find know my quote. If this was a segue into the next thing, or just as a <laughs> it probably or is. or it was expanding on what we were already discussing. Um, so I would say, like Shannon had said, that it's multiphasic, right? So I had the initial wash over me, you know, in that neurologist room. Um, and he also got me into the most porous place I could be and being receptive to the information by disarming me by, by listening to me first before he offered his final assessment. Um, and then I've heard, so because, you know, I do the medical trainings for Texas parent to parent, I heard a lot of other fellow parents that do the program alongside me you know, talk, some have talked about their immediate acceptance they had of their child's disability just in in general. Now, mind you, I sort of felt like that was kind of misleading because I feel like we all, whether it's, whether it's the disability or not, we're also bound to many other different things in our lives. So not just the ideas around our kids, but there's, there's cultural roles, gender roles. There's a lot of other things that influence us arriving to that acceptance if we ever do. And the level of letting go, it's not, it's not, it's why it's not going to look the same for every single person of getting there. And it's not all of a sudden, like all of a sudden you're like Buddha and you're the, you are completely unbound, uninhibited, (laughs) 
you know, by, by life's challenges, right? You, we all have our things. It's like, oh, well, I will accept it, but I'm going to hold on to this thing over here and that thing over here. Right. And that was, you know, me with, with the piggy banks. And I still do that in other parts of my life. I know for sure I'm still unraveling that. And that's also like a defense mechanism, you know, in a way that you're, it's trying to, your mind and your body is trying to help you so you can do the things that you need to do and also process it. So you're not going to process it all at once. And I would like to make sure that our families that are newly diagnosed know that, or if they find themselves haven't ever, haven't ever even arrived to the acceptance because that is possible. Um, you know, I, I think that that was, that was important to, to yeah, point out. And, and, and again, you know, just it being, you know, not linear. It's like, there's still stages right now where we, you know, being, for instance, maybe going back into this school year, you know, and, and having to reaccept where your child is at, you know, functionally testing wise, all of that. And, and again, it's, it's re-accepting our reality, you know, because it's not like we don't know it. It's not like we're not in it all day long, every day, but you become maybe almost like numb and just, and just in the go mode of, of, of our lives. Um, yeah. And, and, and sometimes we, I don't want to say forget, cause we don't forget that our, our child is autistic, but we are just in this. You're in the grind. In the grind. Yeah. You're in this, you know, sometimes well-oiled machine, right? You're just going through um, the motions, but, but those little moments that kind of rock you back into um, remembering that, that we're in, you know, that create a little bit of that trauma again, you know, and yeah. that, and that realization that, that we are also in a world where, you know, it's, where we're, where we are not accepted, where our, well, where our children are not accepted and our, then in turn, our families are. Yeah. Once, you know, being, I, being I back in I, school, I don't you're know. How am I trying to say that? Yeah. Gene, you're, you're re- you always have the best way to. You're, you're reconfronted. It's a, it's now you, you get a reprieve from it in a way there's this root. So it's like this bittersweet thing, right? We are like, oh, school's over, right? And we're like, how are we going to get mm-hmm. our kids' needs met, right? Especially if our kids right. get ESY or whatever. Or, and then, but, so then you kind of get a reprieve from actually having to be confronted with those interpersonal and daily expectations, yeah. expectations. Of, of of the educational functional school setting that is very multi-dynamic. Um, mm-hmm. and then you, you become more heightened and aware of it again. You got to kind of table it for a while. It kind of got to be like, what is the word and like water when there's like no wake It's just, it's just still like the water's just still, it's not being agitated at all, but you're then when you have to change our schedules and our routines, we are agitating beneath the surface and the, and the surface itself all over again and having to readjust. And it's a redistribution of energy. It is going to take energy. So you're going to have to then also like forfeit maybe some other things that you had implemented during the summer months for your family. It's not going to work now with, so it's just constantly like 
it's just confronting. And that can be like grief stricken too. She's like, well, I really enjoyed that part of my life. There was like this, this Mm -hmm. peace and it seemed kind of fleeting. And even just, you know, like Brittany, your guys' situation with just, you know, a couple months ago or whatever with graduation that, you know, the acceptance that you hoped and wanted it to be this way, but, but, you know, now, it didn't go the way that that you had hoped for, you know. And again, that's just part of our c- continual reality, you know. Yeah, yeah, um, it really is. I I love this conversation, and I wanted to maybe give a personal example of um, how this is applied to me, my own little piggy bank story, I guess. Um, we were driving to drop something off at a friend's house. I, it it's it doesn't matter. We were in the car and um, had Austin and Ruby and some children. I don't even know which kids I had. Doesn't matter. Um, I forgot to pick up my kid from the park the other day. I just wanted to let everyone know, like real like mom of the year here. Uh, luckily, he had a phone and he called me, so it was fine. Oh, it's the older but, um, child. Okay, so it wasn't luckily like Ruby. He wasn't a five-year-old. <laughs> no, 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 no. I would not forget the five-year-old. <laughs> but the older ones who are gone a lot Praise and, Jesus. Uh, and take care of themselves and drive themselves places or don't, you know, like whatever. Like you just, I'm like, oh yeah, ten, I was supposed to be there 10 minutes to go to pick you up from practice. Oops. It's a good learning It'll happen experience. to all of you. you know. <laughs> don't worry. Yeah. Um, anyway, uh, he was fine. So uh, I had some children in the car. My husband was with me. We went to drop something off at a friend's house. We pulled up and he knocked on the door and went in to say hi and drop off the thing. And as he was coming back out, two other families that did not belong to that house, did not live at that house, were coming out and they had all their swim stuff with them. They had swimsuits and towels and things and they were leaving like they had been there for a while and were leaving. And it was it was two of my very dear friends and their families. And um, they had been over for a swim date and looked like they had had a lovely time. And it was so great. And I could not even look at them, you guys. I couldn't even look at them because um, we weren't invited. And, and it's not because there were other reasons why those two particular families were invited and we weren't. It didn't have anything to do with autism or anything. It was fine, but um, it just it just hit me so hard that there's lots of times where we're not invited to things mm-hmm. because of autism. And it wasn't this particular situation, like I said, but but it just brought it back to the forefront and it it just slammed into my face. Mm-hmm. And I was a mess the rest of the night, and I'm a mess right now talking about it again. Um, because we're excluded. We just are. And it's it's not my friend's fault. They they try to include us so much, more than I'd say the average people mm-hmm. do. Um, and I can talk about that more in detail, how they do that another time. But uh, but sometimes it's just not possible. And sometimes a lot of the times we're invited to things and I'm the one who says no because mm-hmm. it's just not a good day or we're having a meltdown or whatever it is. And uh, but man, it still stings sometimes, right? It yes. still hurts so bad. And um, and I have to work through that grief again right now, right? I have to have to come around and think about my family and what's best for them and 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 find that level of acceptance. So I want to read this um, to you girls 
and to our audience. This is one of my favorite authors. Uh, Her name is Megan Goats, G-O-A-T-E-S. She used to have a website. (laughs) And I looked around today because I wanted to reference it and put it in the show notes. And you guys, the website is down. And I am heartbroken about that too. Maybe that's why I'm upset (laughs) too. Because I, I constantly go back and reference it. Luckily, I've saved some things. I've printed some stuff off. She's an author. And she's an autism mama, and she has four boys, um, three of whom are diagnosed with autism at various levels. Um, they're a little bit older than my boys, so I've really looked to her for guidance and um, like kind of you know next steps for me. Um, I know that she has other publications in other places where she's done things. I even found a podcast episode where she was a guest on a different podcast. So I'll try to post some of those things. I'm going to do some more research and see if I can find her on a different social media or something because I'm just not finding anything right now. But anyway, um, so hang tight, everyone. But um, she talks about grief and she says, grief is like the ocean. It is vast and it's deep. Sometimes it shimmers way out in the distance, blinking in the sun. Sometimes it heaves and crashes and drags you under. And that's what happened to me um, earlier this week. I needed to, um, and she's talking about herself right here, but she says, I needed to hear that life isn't a perpetual misery cycle, though it sometimes feels that way. It is punctuated by periods of great difficulty and moderate difficulty, but also has stretches of relative peace. There will always be a variation, which is good because it gives me hope when I am in the trough of a wild sea. Um, she recently had to um, have her, one of her middle sons is, is pretty severe and was having some significant aggression issues and they had to put him in a group home to stay for safety and other reasons. Um, and, uh, she talks about how her, you know, there was a a major grief process when he left um, and was no longer living in their home um, on a daily basis. And she talks about working through that process. She says, I recently bought myself a handbag for my laptop. I hang out more with my mom. My house isn't facing daily destruction. I can spend a day helping a neighbor. I've started cooking again. All of this because I'm not drowning anymore. Maybe this is how it works. We get periods of respite when we aren't treading water, when we are in a rocking boat or better yet, dry land. We will inevitably re-enter the water by some tide or sea creature dragging us in, in once again to swim for our lives. But when we can, we rest. And when we can help those who are still in the water. And that's that's the key, right? That's what we want to do here. Mm-hmm. Um is when we have those moments when we can when we can get our head above the water ourselves the four of us we want to help you we want to to you know to continue the analogy hand you that life preserver or or encourage you with our words or whatever we can do from our end and um and help you through that that grief ocean <laughs> Yeah. that attacks us all. So yeah. anyway, um, it's just, it's amazing how it can just hit you out of the blue mm-hmm. like that. And um, I've had, I've had several of those moments this summer. This has been a really tough transition summer for us. 
dare I say, probably our worst summer ever as far as getting from school to summer mode. Mm. Um, it's always tough, but we've really struggled this summer. And I, it's a variety of things. It's not just one thing. Um, but um, it's brought up a lot of of grief again. Yeah. So <sighs> anyway, <laughs> what else do we hard. got, girls? What do you it's think? Hard. It's hard. I, 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 I will definitely agree that um, this summer for us has been very hard as well. Um, and, and kind of, again, accepting um, our broken system and our, um, mm-hmm. our uh, inability to be able to, um, you know, get the proper services that we need, you know, instead of having to fight for them, having, instead of having to prove such, um, I don't even know what's the word I'm looking for, Jean. Uh, uh, <laughs> we always um, ask Jean. <laughs> just like our, I, I, I guess maybe my child's Justify, you know, inadequacy, but to their discretion, I suppose. I don't know. Right, Um, right. Like, yeah. You know, with with Jack not being – Per per their requirements and standards, he did not meet eligibility for ESY. Right. And and, and it now, (laughs) you know, uh, almost a month into summer, I guess, or, or, you know, half a month into summer, recognizing that – not only does he he need it, you know, period, ed- educationally, but but we are struggling. We are struggling on all the levels mm-hmm. right now, and it and it just again brings up all that those feelings of, you know, of accepting that again this is our reality, and and that we are we have to continually fight tooth and nail for what should be a, a basic, you know human right in in my opinion for our kids you know it's it, it shouldn't even be questioned you know um and and we don't and they don't have that and and that again goes back to accepting our harsh reality and 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 not just our ki- our present reality but our future you know um and it's hard it's hard mm-hmm yeah, there's a lot of red tape around the accessibility needs for our kids that are defined mm-hmm. by other people and not us, and right. not knowing that they that certain variables are just not even factored into the equation. They've only they have a narrowed amount of factors that they determine that, and so it actually does need to be broadened because you have to examine and look at the entire child holistically like yes do obviously is is one immediate qualifiable thing for esy they are showing regression after those like you know fall winter spring break areas where that that's definitely yeah that that should be that then should be a no-brainer but that shouldn't be the only thing which you know, that it is based upon, um, for these individuals, uh, because Mm -hmm. in fact, it, it ends up, you know, this year we could have probably considered it for Rory if he had qualified, 
because he has more coping skills to deal with those transitions and stuff because of separation anxiety. But then it's like, it's a harder start to the new school year. And by the time Mm -hmm. they've leveled up and caught up, now you're back to revisiting the same exact factors that you just ran through again, because by mid-year, you're already evaluating, is my child going to be eligible for, for ESY? And then, by the way, if anyone doesn't know what ESY is, it's extended school year. And I know that we're talking about acceptance, but this does tie into that because these are the the little I, I, nuts and bolts of that are, that really drive the everyday concerns mm-hmm. and supports for our kids. Because it's like, accept that your child's autistic, accept that now you have this diagnosis and, and this life, but but it's going to be really hard and, and, and also accept the fact that, that you're not going to get, you know, a lot of the times what they, what they need, you know, that, I guess that's my mm-hmm. constant frustration with yeah. going back right. through like accepting this life. It's not necessarily, you know, for me, like accepting Jack at all. Like I, I accept him. I love him. Right. He is, he is who he is. It's, is nothing more than that, but it's accepting that, um, you know, kind of, we are just accepted to, you know, or expected to accept that this is just how it is. You that know, we're like going you, that our kids are going to suffer more, and us as a family right. are going to suffer more because of it. Right. And um, it's not equitable at mm-hmm. all. It makes it harder, mm-hmm. and it's why we become more predisposed and predispositioned to mental health, physical health. Mm-hmm. This all wears down on our well-being because it takes an extra something that's not accessible to us. Um, It is a huge issue. Now, I know this is going to, we're recording this much sooner than it will air. Currently, Mm -hmm. right now in the month of July, it's Disability Pride Month. You know, Mm -hmm. so there is this pride and acceptance we have for our kids. And we do that and we wear it out loud because we want, the rest of the world to see that, but that should not shadow or overshadow what and eliminate any challenges that we still are encountering. Mm-hmm. It's just because we've arrived to that place doesn't mean it's like, oh, they're thriving and it's easy breezy and they're good. Like, no, we are mm-hmm. doing this and bringing this to the world's attention because we need more um, uh, acceptance. Now, I got back from that conference. Um, last weekend and the, one of the speakers was an adventure racer, professional adventure racer and firefighter. And, um, I told you girls about her, but she ended up as a result of all of her endurance training that she has done. She's now had six hip replacements and now what she has done and then, and then in the wake of her grief is created a nonprofit called um, the Athenas. And it's basically taking women who have had to have grief and accept that their body is no longer functioning the way that it was. You know, some have lost limbs, some have lost organs, Mm -hmm. some of them have other disabilities, some other have other physical things that have compromised their ability to do the things in life, right? So she's setting it up so that 
they can still do these things and find a way to do these things and do them together and be a team. And really, so it's a really beautiful thing. It was, it's a really beautiful journey through that acceptance into transformation, just like what we have here in our part of our acceptance, us, the four of us is we've taken our very hard thing and transform this into something new and to create a platform and a, a foundation for others that didn't exist for us that so we can do it alongside people and not, mm-hmm. you know, just doing it by ourselves. Like, mm-hmm. um, yeah, that's important. It's, that is, that's important to all of us. And that's why we're here. Yeah. Our mission. Yeah. Mm-hmm. All right. Let's wrap it up a little bit here. Um, is there anything in particular that you are working on right now that you would feel comfortable sharing that's a current level of acceptance, even I mean, a part of your journey that you're working through? I know we touched on it a little bit. Um, maybe Shannon, is there something that you are working on with Gracie right now or with your family or a member of your family that um, that's that you're kind of at the acceptance phase right now with? Anything in particular? If you need a minute, it's okay. I know you put me on the spot. She's like <laughs> thinking really hard. I've got I really tell. big eyeballs, but nobody can yeah. tell. Um, not really. I mean, I think I am very stubborn and very set in my ways. Um, no. Yeah, just a little. And we all are. <laughs> so for me, I sometimes struggle. In the way that, like, Gracie needs to do things or process things. or um, So I do constantly find myself having to readjust my way of thinking or kind of, mm-hmm. like, bring myself back, you know, when I realize that I'm doing something for the sake of the way that I feel like it needs to be done, right? right. Like, how many yeah. times do we do that in life where... All the time. There's like 15 ways something can be done, but like the one way you do it is the way it needs to be done, right? Um, of course, yeah. And that's, of course, a very brief overview of things. But um, in the transition to the new house, we're struggling a little bit, just trying to find that extra patience. Um, and that that is all within me. You know, that's not that's not anything external or other family members or anything like that. I think that we've done a pretty good job of um, just not being around people who we feel like can't honor Gracie in the way that she is. Um, yeah. And I'm thankful for that. I'm thankful that we have gotten through that period because I think that that is a struggle when you are going through the acceptance and you're really starting to weed out the people who you can and are not going to be around. That can be a really, really difficult period. Um, So right now it's really just me and reminding myself that there are many ways to do life. (laughs) And just because I feel, you know, that it should be done one way does not mean that that is the way that life needs to be done. I love that. Tosh and Jean, anything? come to mind? Um, I think just like I kind of had mentioned earlier, um, right now it's just um, having the acceptance of our not so awesome educational system here in um, the United States, when, especially when it pertains to our children and, you know, special needs services. Um, 
and 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 just recognizing that like I, I won't I won't sit quietly next year when it comes you know when it comes to fighting for you know for ESY um, yeah what what you think is appropriate for him right? yeah yes um, so awesome yeah thank you um, Jane to follow that so why we're talking about those things, why people always are concerned about the education things that, that they can look for three of our episodes that talk about education. It's a shameless plug for us, but it's also helpful navigating tool <laughs> for anyone else. Okay. We have, we have an episode with Aaron. We have an episode with Lisa, who's an IEP coach. Aaron is her husband. He authored a book and it's about their whole journey um, in the educational system um, and their grievance that and let it uh, litigation they went through. And then we have um, a special ed attorney on, and we cover a lot of baseline foundational topics. Um, okay. So about me. And that, that's coming soon. That one's not published yet, but it's coming soon. Yeah. yeah but when this publishes, that one will already be public. <laughs> No, well, that's really confused. It's so I confusing. It, <laughs> Whatever. It's fine. Yeah, Maybe. it is. Sometimes. Anyways. <laughs> Catherine's is next week. Catherine's is next week. Like, oh, got it. July. Okay. The, the whatever. So July 11th. For you guys, it has already mm-hmm. happened. <laughs> Don't listen to anything that I'm saying Welcome right now. Welcome to the world because of podcasts. I can't. Everybody is straight. very confused this Thursday. Apparently, we have not podcasted in two weeks. Podcasted. <laughs> <laughs> and we're from Boston all of a sudden. Yeah. All of a sudden. I'm just taking over jeans. <laughs> Anyways. Okay. Jean. And, right. and we've unraveled. That unraveled very okay. quickly. Okay. Right. It doesn't so, take a lot. So I would say the piece that I'm grappling with is um is the little pieces of things that I feel like I was able to preserve when I feel like I modified so much in our lives, like almost, you know, out of the gate and, and over time, like continuously. And to then realize that I still have a ways to go. I mean, I still in our new house have not, I have, I started I like, I started hanging family pictures on the wall and then I stopped and I froze and it's like, I can't, there's something there that's stopping me. Um, there is a part of grief that I have, you know, and like of one, I had all these pictures and all these things done when, when Rory was a baby and because of navigating everything with Rory, um, at the age that McKenna was coming up as a toddler, then we started to fall off on like the regular practice of family photos and, and doing all of that. So I completely lost my groove. I had to say, this can't matter right now, but now I have to like, I feel, you know, and that's hard for my daughter. She's like, why do, why is there not all these pictures of me everywhere? You know, so I don't want to put up the remaining pictures that I have, which are mainly all of Ori and not of her. And I have to go back and like produce all of that. So it's like a whole, you know, there's a heaviness to that. There's this like, this to do this project, which is a beautiful thing, right? Like it's a beautiful thing, but while I'm doing that, I'm still 
constantly mitigating and fielding what our current life is, which has been very hard. This has been a very hard summer. Um, Rory's sleep has been massively interrupted. Like uh, whether he's not sleeping, falling, whatever it is, staying asleep, impulse control, the whole nine yards and retweaking his medication. We're still not in smooth waters. Like, uh, and, you know, before we know it, I'm about to prepare to go back like in six more weeks, he's going back to school. So it's like, that's gonna, you know, reignite things again. And we'll have to find a new equilibrium when we haven't even found one right now. Like the new equilibrium is there is not one. Mm-hmm. Right. Yeah, that's true. That's the key from all of this. Right. <laughs> right. right. <laughs> true. <laughs> there's just there's just not one it's like it's like oh that's a sweet idea but yeah that's not what's it's not what's happening i think i think it's really a, an interesting point that you brought up that you were trying to work through these photos and you know putting up photos and all that kind of stuff and you reach a point and we all do with whatever we're working on where you're just like i can't deal with this right now i need to shelf this right i like physically like literally or figuratively need to just put this on a shelf and I'll deal with it later. Now, we all know because we're adults that it doesn't magically just go away as much as we wish it to. But you can do that at times if needed. That's That can be part of the grief process and it can be the acceptance. And when you're ready, you can pull that back down and, you know, and work through that when, when it's the appropriate time for you or when you have the mental capacity to do so. Um Sometimes it's thrust upon us for various situations, but, but if you have that choice, take advantage of that and, and pace yourself, I guess is, is the, the takeaway there. So, Mm -hmm. yeah, I'm working through, um, we, we've recently started Austin on some private OT sessions. We've never done private OT. We've always just done it through school or through uh, a various uh, government programs. So I'm paying for private OT and it's, it's bringing up a lot of um, previous things that I've maybe shelved about how I've handled Austin's uh, therapies in the past and what I have let go or maybe maybe not advocated for enough or or just even the type of therapy I've chosen for him. I'm re-examining all of that and looking back and thinking, oh no, maybe this, maybe this was the wrong choice. Maybe I should have done this and this and this. Now, you know, regret can only take you so far. I realize this like intrinsically, I know like I can't change the past, but I have to work through that, you know, and I have to accept that. And then we need to move on and make, Mm -hmm. make different choices in the future for what's appropriate. It's, it's so hard to know what to do in the moment. And I think we've said this before and I'll say it again right now. Take all the data you can, do your research, talk to friends, talk to whoever you feel is appropriate to, professionals, and then make the best, go with your gut. Just make the best choice you can in that moment for yourself, your family, and for your child. And then and then move forward. Mm-hmm. And, you know, it's going to, it is what it is. It is what it is sometimes. So, yeah, we'll get there. We'll get there with Austin. Um I'm going to end with a little quote from Megan Goats again. Uh, She talks about how um, she's growing up and growing older and entering her, her middle years like we all are. And she calls herself a legit stodgy old grown up now, which I thought was kind of funny. (laughs) And she says in this time of her life that it has 
revealed to me that life doesn't stay the same. For the hundred thousand years of my early special needs momhood, I felt nothing was ever going to change. It just seemed eternal and blistering and heavy and relentless. But time has shown me that despite the trauma and the endlessness of certain periods of my life, things inevitably do change, sometimes in painful ways, sometimes in lovely ways, sometimes in ultimately perfect ways, which are a combination of both painful and lovely. And that, that is acceptance. So Mm -hmm. thank you. Thank you for those words, Megan. (laughs) Mm -hmm. (laughs) Wherever you are out there in social media. (laughs) 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 Yeah. So, um, so good. Thank you for being with us today. Thank you for uh, following along with us. Please uh, join the conversations and interact with us on Instagram. We're at moms talk autism and we, uh, you can find this podcast, share it with your friends and family and anyone you feel that this would help. Um, you can just do a search on any uh, podcast platform for Moms Talk Autism and find us there. Uh, you can email us at hello at Moms Talk Autism if you have a longer you know, discussion or, or even a podcast topic that you'd like to have us cover. We occasionally get requests and uh, we love to hear from you about those. So did I cover all of it, ladies? Did I forget you anything? You did. No. Oh, I did it. I always Perfection. forget. <laughs> when, I'm, when I'm hosting, I always forget. So good. Yay. <laughs> all right. Have a great week, everybody. Hang in there. And um, we hope that you are leaning into your acceptance and finding finding some peace on the, on the rough waters of life that we are all on right now. So yeah, we love Amen. you. Have a great day. Chat soon. Bye.